When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Thank you, Mike Ross. Hi, everybody. Jim Taddy here. Welcome to Leafs Guy, Episode 15, Season 2. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will be our feature interview today, talking about where the Leafs are today, coming off a tough 6-3 loss in New York against the Rangers on Wednesday night. Before we get going, we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook is available in your area, don't worry. You can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Get 56 to 1 odds at any NFL team. Bet just $5, win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's the promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. And so on Wednesday night, which is really the only game we're going to talk about here, the Leafs had a physical problem with the New York Rangers. There were defensive zone coverage areas of concern for the Leafs. Muzzin and Hall did not play, and this is a malign pair even when they do play. So that second grouping on the Leafs' blue line is a concern whether it's at full strength or not. So that's going to be something that we're going to talk about going ahead. In fact, let's get to that conversation now. Here is what we talked about. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun and yours truly going over the Leafs' loss in New York on Wednesday night. All right, Terry, we don't have to search too far for a storyline here. Soft, purposeless, exposed, multiple. And I want to say five or six mentions of each word in a post game where the Leafs lost Wednesday night to the Rangers 6-3 at Madison Square Garden. And this is uh, un, un life, if, if you will, for the, uh, the Leafs. It just does not speak this way. Well, no, because usually the Leafs don't play this way. I mean, you know... We, there's a lot of uh, consternation and stuff in League Nation this morning, Jim. There was last night after the game, as there should be. But this isn't a pattern for the Leafs. They don't play this type of hockey. I mean, are they uh, are they a, a rough physical team? No, but they're not a soft one either. If they were, they wouldn't have the record that they do. They do. If they were, they wouldn't have won in St. Louis and Vegas on the road last week. Those are hard hockey teams. So I, I think the thing that's a little bit mystifying to Keith is that they had a bit of rest going into this one. 
Uh, yeah, you're without, you know, your defense pair of Muzzin and Hall. It shouldn't make that big a difference. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think you have to give a, give some credit here to the way the Rangers played, especially that fourth line led by Ryan Reeves last night. Hard charging. And every time the Leafs D looked up, no matter who it was, they were in their faces on the forecheck. So, you know, uh, I think it's going to be a one-off. I don't imagine that Keith is coming out and saying the same thing after they play on Long Island on Saturday. And I, I think the perspective is that there's half the season left to be played. And, you know, I would be a little more worried, I think, if this would become this would becoming a bigger issue for the Leafs. But, you know, like you said to us last night, too, this loss is different than some of the other ones they've had in, in the past week or so. So, but still, I, it was good to see him candid about it. I mean, call it what it was, and that that is what it was. Yeah, it, it is exactly. It, it's a good description of what happened uh, at Madison Square Garden. I, I think you could you could read into it. Uh, you know, obviously we're we're stuck here because uh, the, the Leafs don't play uh, until Saturday night, so there's no other reference point. But mm-hmm. you could look at it. This there's a couple ways you could look at it. You could look at the games in Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, not so much, and in St. Louis, sort of lead to what happened. On Wednesday night, there are components from from each one of those games that carry forward. There's a lack of response to physical play, which is concerning. And the other area that I'd like to explore is, you know, the Muzzin Hall departure, not in the lineup last night, was was a problem. Mm-hmm. However, this group has been maligned in the past, these two defensemen. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know how to look at this other than they have to, I think they have to acquire somebody. And, and God knows how they do that to fit in in a top four position. But but I don't know how they do that. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, I don't know how they do it either, given where they are at the cap, obviously. Uh, yeah, Muzzin and Hall have struggled this year. There's no doubt. Uh, but they're better than what we saw last night. There's no doubt about that either. And, you know, what I would say to the, uh, to the uh, you know, the one, the one issue, the theme here in the past few games is giving up the lead, the two goal leads, and then Colorado a three goal lead. Well, they did come back and win a couple of. They did wind up winning a couple of those games. So I think there's got to be something said for that as well, and perseverance and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, listen. Again, it's hard to get a read last night a, a bit because how does it extrapolate over the bigger picture, Jim? Um, Alex Biega is playing his second game all season. His first this was January first. Like second with the Leafs. He's been around the team a lot. He's been around going back to that Western Canada trip, um, but just, you know, hasn't played. So he put him in with Dermot. You know that Sandine and Lilligren last night are going to get tougher assignments. It didn't go too well for them. We know that. Um, But again, it's one game. And I, I, I don't see the need for a worry in the longer term. Do you need to bulk up your blue line? I think so. Is there a lot of time to get that done? Yes. The the trade deadline is not until March 21st. Having said that, there are a few factors here at play. Um, you know, Kyle Dubas has liked to get out ahead of the trade deadline in the past. We've seen that for the most part. Jack Campbell came in a month earlier or whatever it was. Uh, you know, Muzzin a few years ago, they were acquired. He was acquired at the end of January. So Kyle Dubas likes to get ahead of it. But, you know, we're dealing in a different world right now in a pandemic. And you're already getting word that some players on American-based teams, whether they're Canadian or not, not, don't have much interest in coming to Toronto or to Canada right now to play with the restrictions that we have. They don't want to bring their families, even if it is for two or three months. So, you know, there'll be that obstacle to get back, get, get past too. The biggest one to me is the cap. I don't know how you get around that unless you're sending money out and they do like their depth at forward and everything else. So, you know, I'm not sure how that would work. You know, people might say, well, trade Nick Ritchie. Well, you could do that, I guess, but 
three to one other teams have seen how how um, how uh, inconsequential he has been for the Maple Leafs this year, to put it nicely. So it's not like you'd be able to move him and get much back, even if you are clearing space. Um, but there's time. There's time. Like I said, how many games the Leafs played now? 37. So more than half a season to go. There's time to work these things out. There's time to make those additions on the blue line. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if Dubas and, and his right-hand man, Brandon Pridham, can get it done. But I think this is what happens after a game like last night when the coach comes up and rightfully so calls him soft is that we might try to dissect a little too deeply here because they have been a good defensive team this year, Jim. There's no arguing that. Oh yeah. 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 No, recently they just, uh, they're, they're playing their own zone as uh, not consistent and sloppy. Uh, you know, and again, you have to, you have to be very specific with your analysis. Last night you had two defensemen bumped up Lilligren and Sandine, and they got exposed. There's no, no two ways about that. And uh, the, the third pairing, had had a tough night as well, especially Dermot. But but you know th- these things can happen. You don't like them to happen in the same game. I just go back to uh, you know the criticism of Muzzin and Hall, and and I'm I'm not gonna you know I, I think Muzzin just needs a better partner. I hate to say that, but but I think that a, a better fit is the better way to say it uh, to cover up some of the uh, what he can't do, and and that's that's how I would look at that. But you know it strikes me that this team has to be always 100% healthy, or or there's there can be an issue. Well, I, I suppose, but, uh, you know, again, you are taking out your, your, we can, you know, debate how effective they've been and Hull and Muzzin haven't been as effective by their own admission and by what we're seeing. Fact of the matter is when you take out that second pair, that would hurt any team. It would hurt oh, any yeah. team, you know, yep. and the guy, the guy, the one guy too, that we, I think we should think about too, is when, you know, Andre Kasha was doing some good things for the Maple Leafs at forward, uh, he had settled. I know Mitch Marner's back, and Mitch, I think Marner's been great in the two games he's played offensively, at least. But you take Kasha out of that mix, and then everything else kind of bumps down. And, you know, there's that influence of, of him not being in the lineup, and we know what kind of game that he plays. Now, should, should one player make that big a difference where you do lose the way you did last night? No. Um, but, you know, the New York Rangers haven't changed much either, Jim, over the season. And as far as I can remember, when the Leafs and Rangers played twice in – Toronto in October and November. I don't remember. I don't recall, you know, the Rangers forechecking the Leafs out of the building. It was more of an Igor Shesterkin thing back then. Yep. So, you know, it, again, take it with the game, but you can say that about a lot of teams. You know, you don't have people, you're not going to win games. But I thought, you know, the Leafs, you can break it down a lot of ways. They're 4-2-1 since coming back. They've got one, one regulation win in their past five. So there are several ways you can look at it, uh, whatever might suit the uh, – the way you want to go with it. I mean, you specifically, but anybody, um, but you know, games like that, the games like last night are going to happen in an 82 game schedule. And, you know, it, it's on the Leafs now that they firmly believe in themselves to come right back uh, Saturday night. The Islanders are a funny team. They're a 500 team, but they played, you know, they haven't played a ton of hockey games. They're going to have a lot to make up here coming up in the revised schedule, but we'll see what kind of game they give the Leafs. But um you know, I, I think it's a little too worried, a little too early or, or specific off one game to, 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 like I say, look over the long term and think that this could be a bigger issue for the Leafs going forward. Well, and that's where we are. They don't play a bunch of games. They don't play again until Saturday. And then next week, it's Wednesday, Saturday. Once you get into February, it obviously picks up because they've 
re, you know, they've redone the schedule and they have to pick up all those games they lost. So, mm-hmm. so they get busy in there. I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it does sort of stand out the loss in New York, but it's not like there's a game tonight. Uh, and, and I think that's what this team needs is a volume of games to tighten up because, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're, we call this a restart because of the gap with the COVID shutdown. And that's exactly what it looks like. I think you can go back to that loss in Pittsburgh and find some elements. And that would have been the last time the coach was this upset. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of similarity that way. Yeah. The one at the end of October is the only other time this year, the Leafs gave up five unanswered goals. In fact, in that game, it was six. But again, you're right. I mean, and I think February is going to be awfully interesting. And I'm, I'm talking about after the break, once they get back and get rolling, I think it's February 7th. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, Carolinas, and then to get to get yeah. that really busy stretch going. Because now you're you're going to be, you can't throw Campbell in there every night, for example. And, you know, Jack's had his struggles. I mean, like Keith said last night, blunt with the goalie too, saying he has to be better. It's not Campbell coming out and saying, I have to be better, which he does after every loss whether he's made 25 saves or 50. Um, when the coach says it, you sit up and take notice because it is there is some truth to it for sure. So not so you have that. And, you know, you keep your fingers crossed now that Mrazek is healthy through February. Because if he isn't, if something happens again with the groin or whatever it is, it, that's trouble. Because now you're, now you're looking at looking at, you know, Michael Hutchinson – as 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 a greater uh, as a greater um, uh, you know person that you're relying upon, you know Joseph Wall dealing with a knee injury. I think with the Marlies right now, so I don't know what kind of option he would be through the month. But um, you know, just given the short history that Morazic has here in Toronto, that's what you're doing right now. Is you're hoping that he gets through the next month or so uninjured, and then Campbell refines his game a bit. I think he will. I, I'm not Jack Campbell's not a guy that I think people should be worried about. Uh, he's come a long way in the past couple of seasons, and and you know everybody is going to have these types of games. Um, at least have to be better in front of him. But yeah, you, you alluded to the injuries and how it's difficult to play when you have people out, no matter who you are. Uh, the Leafs have to again, you know, have hope that a little bit of luck is on their side, and they can keep uh, going through February, um, you know, intact. The other thing too is we've got to remember, Jim, is we're, we're down to two players now with the Leafs, Bunting and Matthews, who haven't had have COVID. So, you know, I think the, the NHL numbers across the league are about 70% of players, 73% of players have tested positive. Well, with the Leafs, that's more like 95 or 6, whatever it is. So, you know, if they get everybody back healthy in that regard, you know, that issue to deal with, um, you know, you might perhaps come up against some teams who are still dealing with that in, into February. So there will be a lot of factors at play. But one big thing I still think we've got to look at is even with, say, the Hall-Muzzin pairing uh, struggling, the Leafs were still doing some really good defensive things before Christmas in those three months before Christmas. Yeah. Campbell was better. So there are, there are good things for Keith to go back and look at and say, look guys, we know what you're capable of. And he doesn't have to get too deep into that because it's again, last night was a bit different than everything else, but the proof is there. The evidence has been there. They just have to get back to it. Well, look, it was the physical play that, that stood out in the loss to the Rangers because you could see an amp up mm-hmm. on the Rangers' side. And clearly there's not much you can do when Reeves is – when you're giving him some space, he's going to he's going to expand on that. I don't know how you would stop that. And, and you know, quite frankly, if your fourth line's being outplayed by their fourth line, that, that shouldn't be the difference in the game. But that was a huge factor in that game. Well, well it was. And, you know, you need that's where you need the bite back from guys like Clifford and Simmons. Aren't they here to make that sort of impact? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. the, the other thing that's mystifying about the game last night to me, Jim, is 
the the Mikheyev goal to get it going, he and Engvall did a hell of a job in the forecheck. Right. And through the first period, I think at least for the, the hockey they played was was really quite something. I mean, the the one mistake they made with Reeves uh, leaving him alone in front ended up in the net. But otherwise, I thought in the first 20 minutes, the Leafs played some really good hockey. And they started off, they didn't start off soft, you know. But Keith said, you know, once we got this lead, we just thought, okay, we're not going to follow any sort of plan here and, and we'll just see what happens. And we did see what happened. But if, if your fourth line is built to bring that, excuse me, sort of impact, and it is with the Rangers, Ryan Reeves, who we should remember is one of the biggest and strongest men in the game. You know, Sandino Chera might be the only one who's bigger and stronger. Um, and really the mismatch there with Sandino, that one goal. But if they're making that sort of impact, the Leafs have kind of built a fourth line to do the same sort of thing. Right. Agree. Is Kyle Clifford a regular? If everyone's healthy, probably not. But that's the type of style he should be playing. That's the type of style he has played. He and Wayne Simmons didn't make an impact last night. I think that's got to be disappointing for Keith. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, the uh, it was it was the crank up on the forecheck that that I mean it was noticeable. Uh, there wasn't yeah. any counter that way. And then also Mitch Marner at the end of the games admitted team took their foot off the gas, which goes back to. October, uh, and which goes back to last year. That's sort of a chronic thing for the Leafs. We haven't seen it for a while, so it is noticeable now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But again, um, you know, like he said, it's kind of become a little bit of a habit here in the last few games, in the last couple of weeks. But then, you know, what happened last week where they were able to turn it around and and win in St. Louis and Vegas after taking their foot off the gas in those games. So there is, there is that other side of it. Uh, you know, it's, um, I don't know that it's distressing or anything, but uh, again, it's not something with the Maple Leafs that has been a theme for them. I guess the 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 concern would be that in, that in the past couple of weeks, it has been there. I should, a couple of weeks, past 10 days or whatever, it's been 12 days. But, uh, you know, the fact is too, Jim, you're playing a lot of good hockey teams in this stretch. You're playing, you know, the Rangers are, are making a run for their division title and, uh, you know, might have even been first place last night in the Metropolitan. So, you know, you're playing good hockey teams. You're not going to have any clubs roll over in any, any given night. And, uh, you know, you have to continue to develop that. And as you and I have talked about ad nauseum in the, fa- in the past, the Leafs are still in that development stage because they haven't proven it in the postseason. They don't have that yet. So, you know, I think there are going to be hiccups along the way and it's not going to be perfect. But again, I go back to the idea that um, th- this is not who the Leafs had, were becoming. And have no. become. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They're, they're so, just, you know, there was just a number of things that happened in the, in the loss to the Rangers that, that aren't uh, how you would describe the Leafs. I want to go to the, the Kreider goal uh, is problematic for me because you're down four or three of a face off in your own zone. In the defense, uh, like I just, I just the lack of awareness. Uh, and I don't know, like I, I think everybody's to blame here, uh, and that would be the coaching staff too. I mean, it, clearly it's a key face-off, um, and and I don't know what kind of. I'd have to go back and look at the the video and and see what kind of discussion there was, but nobody seemed to. It just seems to me that in key face-offs and key moments, there's sort of a, a general discussion of you know you go here, you go there, and, and sometimes it could actually come from the center. He knows the play uh, maybe there's uh, you know the coach sense there was nothing there absolutely yeah. nothing and and the goal i mean Kreider, seriously that's the guy you're going to leave open yeah well, one of the best power forwards in the game well you know what it was a microcosm of where they were and where they were at that point in the game 
because as we know, as Q said, you know, once they got the three, one lead, it, it was, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically Lottie da Let's see what happens. So that, that was, that was just, you know, that, that one was more noticeable, I suppose, because it did wind up with the puck in the Maple Leafs net, but that's the way that they're playing through that final 40 minutes. And you're right. That starts behind the bench with awareness and that sort of thing. And Keith, to his credit, did say that last night. He said, look, soft, purposeless, this starts with us, with the preparation. In fact, I think at one point he even corrected himself when he said coaching staff, and then he corrected it to say himself, taking yeah. responsibility for it. So, you know, I think if you look at the game as a whole and really the last 40 minutes, the way that that Kreider goal un- unfolded last night isn't a surprise given everything else that was happening before it. And, and again, that's right. not an excuse for it. It's, it's not good. And you wonder how that sort of thing can happen when this guy, I think, came into the game trailing only Matthews, Dreisaitl, and Ovechkin in goals. You know what he's capable of, you know? It's like all the, the teams always say, what do they always say about Matthews? Well, I've got to be aware when he's on the ice. Well, the Leafs didn't pay heed to that own type of uh, awareness with, with Kreider. And and again, but again, it, it, it's it's – you know, a smaller view of what was happening for most, for the most part last night. Yeah. I mean, it, it fits the sequence. Yeah. Is what I think what you're saying, and I, I would totally agree with that. I, I guess that the interesting exercise is um, to put the right perspective on, on the loss, maybe not overreact to it, but, it, but I think it, it plants some seeds moving forward. And one of them is, you know, obviously with three games in the next 10 days, this isn't going to happen, but Peter Mrazek has to play. I mean, they have to figure out what they have there. And, and uh, you know, the people that play in front of him have to get accustomed to, to who he is as a goaltender because this this has we're almost at the halfway point, and this has not happened yet due to injury. Yeah, no, they, they, you're right. And they, they can't, you know, they're, they're, they're running out of time to, to not put themselves in a spot in February where he's only going in on the second half of back-to-backs and this sort of thing. You know, I, I think from what Jim February tenth to March second, they play eleven games in twenty-one days. Yeah, it's busy. So he, you're right. They've got to get to know what they have in him, and so yeah, the Leafs play Saturday. What do they play? Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, like you say. Yeah, it's like an original six schedule. <laughs> right. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, the eight. Remember the eight o'clock starts Wednesday yeah. nights at the Gardens. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So he, he's got to get into one of them. I don't know. You know, do you come back with Campbell against the Islanders? I think you might give him an opportunity to correct that himself, you know, and get out of some of these five-goal games, do it against the Islanders team that, you know, isn't very good perhaps. But uh, then, you know, whether it's against Anaheim or in Detroit next Saturday, Mrazek's got to play. You can't can't wait until post-All-Star break to see what you have in him. He's got to at least get one of these. I think there's four games. There's not four games before the All-Star break now. Uh, well, they added. I think they added New Jersey. Oh, you're yeah. right. There's five. Yeah. So they yeah. play. Yeah. They play Saturday. Um, they play Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, I believe. Following. Yeah. Week. Yeah. So you're gonna. He's gonna get one of those games again. Isn't there home and home with the Devils now? Not, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's gonna. He's gonna get one of those. But I think then before that, does he play against Anaheim next Wednesday? He's got to get. He's got to play. And if not, then it's got to be Saturday against Islanders. He's got to get at least two of these starts. Because you're bang on. You have to know what you've got. Yeah. And the right leaves right now don't. They yeah, don't. I, 
I think that's that, that's certainly the easy issue going forward is find some playing time for Peter Morazic. The, the complicated one, and we're going to talk about this many times before the trade deadline, yeah. is how do you create cap space? Because you get indication. And the thing about the Leafs is you never really know uh, where they are with this stuff. And that that's good because it involves a level of creativity that, that you can't be privy to. They've got to create some cap space uh, and then bring somebody in. Uh, which is a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I don't know how they're going to maneuver out of that cap space. They're going to have to entice somebody to take a contract here or there, and, and that means a draft pick or or a prospect along with the players so somebody could eat that salary. You know, again, when you get the answer, you'll go, oh, that makes sense, but you don't, you couldn't possibly predict how this is going to go. No, you can't. And, you know, they've, they've got, money has to go out somehow. Yep. It has to. If, if you're fully healthy, it has to, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it just it just has to. And and it, the, the the thing is, Jim, what we're talking about here is say if we're discussing a top four defenseman, going back to your earlier point about Muzzin, you know, Hall with Muzzin still is not in the – if you're going for a perfect look, is not what you want. Right. I I'm, I don't think Justin Hall's a top four. I think he's kind of been – you know, he's done fine at that spot. Uh, but not yeah. if you're going forward – Move him out of there. Did the, the, you then have a a, a a third defense pair of Sandine Lilligren, Sandine Hall, whatever it is, if everyone's healthy? But how do you add a fourth, a top four guy right now with them? You don't if you're the Leafs. No. Something's, something's got to go out the door. Something. So what we're saying is, if, if it's money going out the door, then that's something fairly substantial. That's not a bit player. And you look at the roster right now and say, okay, well, who might that be? You know, six or eight months ago, we probably would, I think, I imagine we might have agreed that maybe it's Alex Kerfoot. You're not yep. doing that. You're not doing that now. No. You know, you're just not. Uh, you know, it's it, it's going to be, you know, like I, we'll go back to Richie. I mean, that's a bit of a pipe dream. You think someone's going to take him, especially with the, the fact that he's got under contract for next season as well with the two and a half AAV. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, Jim. I think last offseason, I'm not mistaken, Kyle Dubas had said to us at one point, you know, you want to, you want to have some space uh, when you do come up to the to the uh, trade deadline in order to give yourself an opportunity to do something. But, you know, as of right now, you know, two months and a day before the deadline, the Leafs don't have that. And like you say, it's going to take some creativity, but even that even that might not get it done to the point where you're getting a player who's going to make an impact for you in the, in the postseason. Boy, I just I have the salary list right in front of me. I just, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see who that, uh, who that body is that that goes out and and creates a space for a top four defenseman. Yeah, no idea who how they would do that. It's just, it's, it's going to take some sort of uh, level of thinking that that I'm not capable of because when I look at it, I go, I just, I do not see it on this page. No, again, I know, I know, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. And and that's not even getting into the idea that some people think the Leafs could use another top six forward, someone who oh, has a solid, a solid spot on, you know, the left side on one of those top two lines. I mean, I, I'm one of these people that I like the Leafs depth of forward. I think they've got a lot there. You know, everything that Kyle Dubas did last year really worked other than Nick Ritchie. I mean, Kasha's come in and been good. Bunting's come in and been good. David Camp has come in and been good. But you know, the goal of the, the job of the general manager is when you come out of March 21, the deadline, that you figure you put the best team together to, to give you the longest uh, run in the playoffs. And, you know, how many, how many, you know, Jim, we, we're thinking now that the, the, the cap's not going to go up next season, given everything that's happened now. Yeah. 
And if it does, it'll be minimal. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to say that there's not a lot of opportunities there for the Maple Leafs in the coming years, but uh, certainly this is a really good one for them this year if they can put it all together. But part of that is going to have to be what Dubas, you know, is able to do on March 21 or before. It's crazy. Uh, and the, the two tight situations are Campbell and Micaiah because they're both expiring contracts. Right. They're both at really good value now. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, I, I got to believe Jack Campbell is going to be close to $6 million. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know where that money's going to come from. And Mikheyev, I mean, this is a developing story. I don't, I, I don't know where this could go in terms of salary because uh, you know he is he's 27. He's coming off a 1.645. That could easily double. Um, and and the potential that he has not only on this team but but if they were to move him is, is top end. Well, the problem is, Jim, if you're moving him now, you're not getting much back money wise. I mean, it's not saving you of a lot. Right. Yeah, it's a UFA, so it's an expiring contract. He's a guy you stick with. I don't, you know, sitting here today near the end of January, I don't think he's going to be back. You know, asking this trade request last year, you know, whether how serious that was. Uh, you know, they're just just the the indications from the agent Daniel Milstein have been that. You know, he hasn't come out and said it, but uh, you're kind of read the tea leaves here and. Mikheyev, it looks like a guy who wants to explore the open market. And quite frankly, he's going to, he probably, if he keeps this goal, I mean, geez, he's not going to keep scoring at this clip. A lot is falling for him right now. But if he does, you know, produce fairly healthily between here and the end of the season, the Leafs won't be able to afford him anyway. They might not be able to right now. Because you well, say, I mean, like you say be- what do you do with Campbell? I mean, there's, a, there's a, a good chance they might not be able to afford him either. Well, that's why you have to play Morazic. I mean, you have to you have to know what you have there. The, yeah. the way they are now, they're just they're sitting there blowing in the wind. They yeah. they haven't played them, and it's not their fault. It's, it's no. due to injury. But but yeah. that situation has to be clarified pretty fast. It, well, I mean, it, it has to be clarified. But no matter what, Morazic's here for another two years at three point eight. Well, so you, you got unless him unless you, know? you move him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You can you can try, I suppose, but. Uh... That is one salary you could move. I don't know. I don't know who'd be interested in it because he hasn't yeah. played, and there's another two years after this. But that is one of the. If you're doing just numbers, that's a number. That is a number. But again, you have to, uh, as the old saying goes, it takes two to tango, right? So, yeah. I mean, if he hasn't played, or or, or when he has played, he gets hurt. That that that's going nowhere. He's he's here. He's he's not going to get traded anywhere. No one would take him. So. It's a lot of money, Jim. Three, three, three point eight for a guy who does have the injury history. He does, and uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be a different story, of course, if he had played in fifteen games by now and had those starts that Joseph Wall got. And uh, you know, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember how many Hutchinson has had. You know, whether it's just been a couple or whatever, but and and, and done well in those. But we we don't know because it hasn't happened. And you're, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You have to find it now. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where we'll that's where we'll end this. So your your thought is, um, don't put too much on the six three loss to the Rangers, oh. but but make note of it. Yes, that sums it up perfectly. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, thank you, Mike Ross, and obviously we're under a time warning here, so let's get into yes guy, no guy, yes guy, no guy. Number one, too much criticism over the loss in New York against the Rangers. No guy, not too much criticism. Some legitimate concern there. Physically, they couldn't deal with the Rangers. 
defensive assignments were messed up, and it really typifies how they played over the last week or so. In their own zone, the Leafs have struggled. So I'm not going to say too much criticism. I don't think you can over-criticize in this particular case, but you do have to remember it is one game. It's a one-game sample size. I know there were previous games that led into this, but we'll see how they respond. Some concern, yes. Too much concern, no guy. Yes guy, no guy number two. Peter Mrazek needs to play. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. Come on. We're almost at the midway point of the season. Still don't know what the Leafs have in terms of a backup goaltender. This was supposed to be a tandem. Jack Campbell took the reins and drove this team forward. No complaints there, but they have to figure out what Peter Mrazek can bring to the table. So that's an emphatic yes guy. Yes guy, no guy number three. Salary has to be moved out. Oh, yes guy. Are you kidding me, guys? Something's got to go. Don't know exactly what it is, but in order to bolster that blue line, something has to go, something has to come in. So that is a hard yes guy. You are concerned about Jack Campbell. This is a hard no guy. Not at all. His numbers haven't been great for the past week or so. Having said that, can you honestly say that he had a bad game? There were tough situations presented in front of him. The numbers don't look good. Not at all concerned about Jack Campbell. So that's a no guy. Hope you enjoyed episode 15 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 16.